This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. But Naomi is pushing aside the daughter-in-law part and embracing Ruth as her daughter. And that's a message for us. That's a message for us. Why? Because we have a closer bond to other believers, ourselves, and not only ourselves, other believers in the Lord Jesus Christ than we do to the person who's not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. That bonds should cause us to cross the barriers. That's the other phrase in this book. Initiative of care. Now cross the barriers. So I remember when I was in Ethiopia one time, and this group had come through, and they were doing evangelism, and there was this woman there, and she was black, and she said that she was, she was a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and she said, you know, and she was Jew. She was Jewish. She was black. And I told her, I said, I didn't know I had a black sister, you know? So anyway, but the point is that you cross the barriers of outward differences, such as skin color. You know, this is the phrase, Cross the barriers of outward differences. When it comes to believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, God is colorblind. God is colorblind, and so should we be. And that's what Naomi did for Ruth. Naomi crossed the barrier of national origin, and she no longer saw Ruth as a Moabite, even though it's emphasized for us by the narrator here about Naomi. She doesn't see her as a Moabite, and she doesn't see her as her daughter-in-law. She sees her as her own daughter. So it's very significant in verse 1. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, my daughter. We see Naomi here. She's crossing the barrier of outward differences to love Ruth as her own daughter. And so Naomi's crossed this barrier of outward differences, and she takes the initiative of care. Now, from Naomi's next words, we see what it looks like. What does it look like when a person like Naomi crosses the barrier of outward differences and takes the initiative of care for Ruth? Well, It looks like verse 1, shall not I seek rest for thee that it may be well with thee. See, Naomi's statement, shall not I seek rest from thee, 
we can see that Naomi has found a particular, particular need in Ruth. And Naomi's now going to give herself to meeting that need, that particular need in Ruth's life. You know, this shows us something about Naomi. This shows us that Naomi has been doing something that every mother and every father should do. Naomi has been carefully studying Ruth. Naomi has made Ruth her constant study. Naomi has been watching Ruth. She's been watching Ruth and observing her personality. She's been observing her feelings. She's come to the conclusion, oh, Ruth really needs a home of rest. And when we see how Naomi has studied Ruth, taking the initiative of care, she's studying Ruth and crossing the the barrier of outward differences, looking at her as her daughter. She's studying Ruth. We see what every mother, every father should do with their children, and that is make every child in their family an individual study. An individual study of a person doesn't just get done at a glance. It's an individual study of a person takes time to spend with the individual. It takes time to talk with the individual. It takes time to think about the individual. It's so rare today. It's so rare. Who does this? It's so rare today because all this we're talking about, time to spend, time to talk, time to think about, that's a costly sacrifice. But this is the sacrifice that Naomi has made for Ruth and she made Ruth her individual study. And so this is the third phrase that emerges for us out of the book of Ruth. Make a person an individual study. Our children are all different. And if we're going to cross the barrier to take the initiative of care with our children, then we're going to make our children individual studies, as Naomi did, to see the particular needs for each one as individuals. And that's not only true of our children, it's true of the lost. Think of our master. Think of the Lord Jesus Christ and how in the ultimate sense, he crossed the barrier between heaven and earth. And how in the ultimate sense, he took the initiative of care. And how he made each one of us his individual study to provide just what we needed. That's why when we study the Gospels, we don't see the Lord Jesus Christ saying the same thing to each person. Why? Because he's made each person his individual study. He made an individual study of one person, and he looked at this person, and as he individually studied him, he said, this individual is trusting in his riches rather than God. Therefore, to that one purpose, after his individual study of that person, he says to him in Mark 10.21, Mark 10.21, then Jesus beholding him, hey, let's think of those words like he made in his individual study. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, Sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up thy cross, take up the cross, and follow me. He made an individual study of the person and said what he met his need with those words. He made an individual study of another person who he saw had no compassion on those in need. This was a person who was compassionless of those in need. So after he makes this individual study of this person, 
he says to this person, he constructs a whole parable. Well, I don't even think it's a parable. Actually, it was a true account. He tells a true account in Luke 10.33, Luke 10.33, and he says, to you, I want to tell you about who's a good neighbor. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He went to him, bound up his wounds, poured oil and wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to an inn, took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the themes? He said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. Here was a person who, after he made individual study, so he doesn't care about anybody. He's, he's compassionless. And so he tells the story. He says, took care of him, took care of him, took care of him. What are you going to Okay, now go do the same thing. He made individual studies of some who were self-righteous. They were self-righteous, ready to condemn others. After he makes his individual studies of these people, he says to them in John 8, 7, John 8, 7, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. He made an individual study of a person who was not willing to say that he was God. He wasn't willing to say that. And so after his individual study of that person, he said to him in Matthew 19, 17, Matthew 19, 17, he said unto him, why callest thou me good? Why are you calling me good? There is none good but one, that's God. He made an individual study of another person who was trusting in himself to both see and enter heaven. And after his individual study of that person, he said to him in John 3, 3, his name was Nicodemus. He said to him in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Later on, he said, unless you're born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And all these individual studies, he made an individual study of another person who was thinking that he was being pushed away by God, by the Jewish person. This is a Gentile. Pushed away by God. After his individual study of her, he said to her in John 4, 7, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. Very simple. Give me to drink. And she's shocked. And she says, how is it that you, a Jew, are asking drink of me, a Samaritan? That he was crossing the barrier, and he's saying, look it, you need to understand that the Jewish people who are following God are not pushing you Gentiles away. He made an individual study of another person who needed to publicly identify himself as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. After his individual study of that person, he said to him in Luke 19.5, Luke 19.5, when Jesus came to a place, he looked up, he saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, Make haste. This is all the people are there. He says, Zacchaeus. Oh, he's called me. You know, Make haste. Come down. For today, I must abide at thy house and that publicly. He makes an individual study of another person and saw how she needed to openly confess that she was healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so after his individual study of her, he says to her in Mark 5.30, Mark 5.30, Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? 
And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. He saw her need to publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. All these instances, the Lord Jesus Christ took the time to make individual studies of each of these persons. He took the time to see what they needed, and he addressed their need individually. And this is what you and I need to do with our children. As Cheryl used to say, we have three boys, and they each can be described individually with three words, act, think, feel. David acts, Joseph thinks, Joshua feels. So when they're growing up, we try to provide avenues for David to do things. We talked with Joseph a lot to satisfy his desire to think. We made provision for Joshua to paint and compose music on his violin and his piano so he could feel. And this is what we see Naomi doing here for Ruth in verse 1. Naomi has made Ruth her individual study. And Naomi did her best day by day to understand Ruth as an individual and to see what she needed. That's what we're seeing here. It's Naomi, after taking the time to spend with Ruth, after taking the time to listen to Ruth, after taking the time to think about Ruth, she sees what Ruth needs. And after all that individual study, Naomi just says to Ruth, my daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee that it may be well with thee? What's so important is where Naomi says in verse 1, shall I not seek for thee? That's really the initiative of care that Naomi has said. She didn't just say, you know, I hope rest comes to you, Ruth, because, you know, you really look kind of sad. You know, I'll pray that rest will just come to you, Ruth. Naomi told Ruth, listen, I'm going to be very much engaged in this project, and was she ever, of getting rest for you when she said, shall I not seek rest for thee? Naomi was telling Ruth that she was going to make it her business. She was going to make it her first priority. In other words, Ruth, she just better, everybody better get out of Naomi's way when she wants to do something, but Ruth also. And so what Naomi saw that Ruth needed was rest. She needed a rest. She needed a rest for it to be well. It was a home she was pointing to. It was a home she was talking about. Naomi saw that Ruth needed a home for her heart. So when Naomi says to Ruth that it may be well with thee, that's the same as Naomi saying to Ruth that this rest would be really good for you, Ruth. This is what you need. A home is just what Dr. Naomi ordered, you know. It's not popular today to talk like this. It's not popular today to talk about what a woman needs as a home. A woman should be called a homemaker. But that's what God has put in the heart of a woman. It's a desire to make a home. Today, the world says to women, well, you need to go out and, and fight in the dogfight world there. Get ahead. Show the corporate world. Rise to the top. You're equal for men. The best job is a woman. <laughs> Prove that you're equal with men. But that's not what God has put in the heart. God has put in the heart of a woman to be a homemaker. Homemaker is a high calling. It's a very high calling of God. You know, the, in general, for women... The calling is 1 Timothy 5.14, I will therefore the younger women marry, bear children, guide the home. Guide the home. 
Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. See, that work of guiding the home, a guide has to study each person in the home. A guide has to order the house according to the needs of each person. See, that's what Titus 2, 3, Titus 2, 3, he says, the aged women likewise, that they may be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, love their children, be discreet, chaste, keepers at home. Women are to be keepers at home. Proverbs 14.1 says, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. You know, that's a very interesting word when it says there, every wise woman buildeth. The word buildeth in Hebrew is very interesting because it's the same word that was used in Nehemiah's day for the builders of the wall when it says in Nehemiah 4.18, for the builders, everyone had a sword girded by his side and so builded, you know. So when you think of those in Nehemiah's day, what were they doing? They were repairing the brokenness in the wall. Oh, look, there's a big breach in here. We got to go repair this. Get some rocks. Okay, let's get the mortar. We got to fix this. See, that we're repairing the wall all around Jerusalem. And so the, that's a picture of the builder as he assesses the wall. Let me have a look. Let me study. Take a study. Go, okay, here's the breach. Okay, now we got to work on this. That's a picture of the woman who assesses the needs in her house and works to build it up. That, in a nutshell, is the woman of Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up, call her blessed, her husband also, and praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in her gates. When it says the woman looks well to the ways of her household, that's another Hebrew word. That's a word for watchman. It's a watchman. In other words, the same as the guard, as the watchman, as the lookout who was on the wall and he was carefully watching for any threats that would come to the city. That's the word. She looks well to the words of her household. She is a guard. She is just, she's making these individual studies of the person in her house. Hebrews 13.4, Hebrews 13.4, marriage is honorable in all. But we told in these last days that people are going to depart from that truth. People are going to depart from the faith, and they're going to have a tendency to depart from marriage. In 1 Timothy 4.1, 1 Timothy 4.1, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctors of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. Isn't that what we see today? People today are discouraging marriage. They just said, well, just live together. We'll just live together. Naomi said that, that she was going to seek for Ruth to have a home of her own, a place of rest. When Naomi was really wanting for Ruth is what the Lord generally wants for a woman, a home. Her sphere that she fills, that she has this influence, she has this charm of this quiet influence, but you know that's the realm she has an influence in. It's a place where she can be a abiding one. She makes the home what it should be. And what's so important here is that Naomi never uses the word home. 
She never says the word home. Instead, she uses a word that describes what a home should ideally be when she says in verse 1, rest, rest for thee. That's the goal of a home. It should be a place of rest. Naomi, this word that she's chosen, manuach, manuach is the word there. Manuach, it comes from noach or noah, as we say. And what a picture we have of noah. Noah as a man of rest. That was the name that was given to him. He will bring us rest. And Noah, and there's no greater picture that we have of Noah, this man of rest, than when we see him with the dove. Wow, what a picture this is when Noah with the dove. He puts the dove out of the ark to see if the waters are still covering the earth. And we read all about this, and you might want to turn to this in Genesis 8, verse 8. Genesis 8, 8. Such a wonderful picture here of what the man of rest does, Noah, with regard to this dove. and says in Genesis 8, 8. Genesis 8, 8. And he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. Now, when it comes to Noah being an illustration of what rest is, this is the picture. This is the picture. There are so many important details in this picture of Noah with this dove. I mean, first of all, we see that it doesn't say, well, Noah just let a dove loose. He opened the window and the dove flew out, you know, to see if it was going to return to him. And when it didn't come back, when it came back, he let the dove in. That, no. There are important details in this account that what happened here that God wants us to see. First, we see Noah as the man named Rest. He sends a dove from his hand. So it says, from his hand into the world, and the dove flies all around, and the dove doesn't find any rest. And it says that the dove doesn't find any rest for the sole of her foot. And then the dove returns to Noah, and he puts out his hand and takes her and pulls her into him in the ark. Now, that's a picture of man. As we see Noah, as a man of rest, taking the dove and sending her into the world, we just can't help but see every man that's been created by the Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in John 1.3, all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made in John 1.3. And just as Noah sent the dove into the world, the Lord Jesus Christ sends every man into the world, as it says in John 1.9, John 1.9, and this was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. How come they come into the world? Because he sent them into the world. And the dove flies all around looking for rest and for the sole of her foot. And isn't that just like us? We went into the world and we looked for rest for our souls, peace in our hearts from the world. But just as the dove found no rest, we find no rest because the Lord said in John 16, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 
And just as the dove flies all around the world looking for the rest, so we went all over everywhere, and we were just as the dove found. There's no rest for the sole of our foot. We found in the world no real rest and peace for our souls. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.